Hello and welcome to today's episode of Platinum Talks Wealth. Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell changed gears in her television career when she realized the need to help women make sense of investing. She regularly hosts educational workshops to empower women and others to take charge of their financial future. Now, join your host, Platinum Wealth Management President Jennifer Rogers Markwell as she leads us into the world of money memories, money infidelities, and how these can mold our relationships relationship with our personal finances as adults. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, it's Jennifer Rogers Markwell and you're joining us on the Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. Today we're joined by Sarah Hunter. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to uh, to chat today. Well, tell us more about yourself, what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I'm Sarah. I help female entrepreneurs to expand beyond their limitations, you know, the fears, the doubts, the the bullshit thoughts to really step into their true potential. So my background is hypnotherapy, it's breath work, it's ancestral trauma. So it really is the mind, the body, the soul, all of the things, you know, helping you to those things that have been imposed onto you, whether it's from your family, society, whomever, the limitations that you put on yourself to really understanding that when you step beyond that, that you really are limitless, you know, that you have so much potential that maybe you're not utilizing right now. How did you, I mean, to go off kind of on a, on a side note, how did you end up in that profession? Was it something in your world that gravitated you towards that? Or how did you end up going there? Yeah, so I actually was working for my family business. We're in dentistry. We have been for decades and it just wasn't fulfilling me. It wasn't what my my soul was was meant to do here. Um, And so I was actually invited to take the clinical hypnotherapy um, training. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic in the UK. And so I was like, why not? Like everything's going online now. Everything's so much more accessible. So I took that and it was, it was this real moment of like, oh, I'm actually really good at this. It's something that I'd never like, I, I think I'd had like a couple of sessions at this point. I wasn't aware of it. And one thing led to another. I got invited then on to do the rebirthing breath work. I then found someone on a podcast, the amazing Mark Willin, and trained with him in ancestral trauma. And it was really a matter of the things that were helping me in my personal life, realizing that I get to train in these things, that I get to to help other people, you know, the things that were maybe in part of my story. Like that's why I did ancestral trauma because it was such a part of my story that I then realized that like, hey, if I'm feeling like this and this is helping me, I can help so many other people with this as well. So for folks that don't know, because I feel like that's probably very mainstream, but I'm sure there's a, a population that has no idea of what, some of Uh that means like Uh what does that what does that mean (laughs) so the ancestral trauma part well yeah and all of the above like okay hypnosis hypnosis we know right for the most part I would think most people do but there's a different nuances that you're sharing absolutely okay so to give a real quick like overview I guess of hypnosis you're tapping into the subconscious the subconscious where all your memories your beliefs about yourself like all of that's held so what's the beliefs that you have your behaviors they're all within the subconscious. So if you want to reprogram, if you want to, I don't know, lose weight, stop smoking, like feel more confident, it's all going to happen in the subconscious. So rebirthing breath work 
is really about, you know, and there, you know, if you're more on the science side of things, there's been lots of scientific studies that when you experience something, whether it's a really good memory or a really powerful or an upsetting memory, it's actually encoded into our DNA. It's actually held within the body, you know, the fight and flight, the freeze, you know, that's all held within you. And so what breathwork does is it helps you to not only tap into the subconscious, the mind, but also tap into the body. So you are able to release the memories, the things that, you know, I don't know. So let's just say, for example, that every time you, you, you have a bad memory with money and every time you go to spend money, it gets reactivated and you go into that fear, you go into that flight mode. It helps you to release that memory from your body so that then you become I don't know, I guess like neutral with it, or you can actually feel more empowered by it. It helps you to remove the memory from your body and, you know, instill a new, better memory, I guess. And then ancestral trauma is all about the experiences, the beliefs, the things that our ancestors experienced. So whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your great, great, great grandparents, whoever is in your family tree. Like it's so impactful, right? You know, we're all told about stories about, I don't know, Grandpa Joe and what he did with his money and how he lost it all because he gambled or someone someone got in a car crash. So always like go really steady when you're on a highway. Like all of these things that we're told from our parents, from our grandparents, like things that have happened in our family, those things live within us. And as I said, with the, the breath work, those memories, those things, get stored in our DNA and they can actually be passed down from parent to child. But you, you know, these things get passed down through the generations. So you'll find that sometimes, you know, as I said before, the beliefs, the doubts, the fears, they're not actually yours. They're not actually from your own experiences, maybe as a child or as a young adult, they're actually from someone else in your family. So that, I mean, is the perfect transition into money memories, <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, such an overlap on that, just like thinking of a money memory per se, right? But definitely yeah. a tie-in to that. Yeah. But is it, from an, is it from a parent? Is it from someone else? Like, what is this memory? What is this belief that you have? And we don't always need to know the exact thing for you to feel better, right? Like, it's not a case of like re-traumatizing yourself or reliving it. But maybe just having the awareness of like, hey, this isn't even mine to carry. It's not my responsibility. It's not my my weight. It doesn't even belong to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, throughout this podcast, right, that's a lot of the stories that we've been hearing. Money memories that people have that they carry with them. But generally, it's through a verbal or through an experience physically that they've had as well. Are, yeah. are you finding that on your side too? Not only the the embedded even deeper money memory kind of scenarios, but also kind of the more surface ones where something happened that's an experience that really has led the way for that person having the relationship with money as an adult potentially. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I even heard a story um, a couple of months ago now of someone who they were a young child and they actually like accidentally swallowed a coin and choked on the coin. Oh. I mean, they, they were fine. But obviously, you can imagine as a, a very young child how like how much that was like tainted their their beliefs about money being safe, about money, you know, is such a core memory, you know, at any age. But you know that literal sense of like you know we we go into it so much of like as you said, then like embedded memories of like really powerful things. But it can really be just as simple as like 
you know, money not feeling safe because you choked on it or because it cut you once or, you know, things like that. It doesn't need to be something incredible and, and something huge because you've got to remember, like, before the age of seven, like, you're just working with the subconscious. There's no logical there. There's no analytical side of your brain. So everything that you're experiencing, you're taking as, like, the ultimate truth, you know? And especially as children, of course, like, it's not always going to be the actual truth. It's going to be well, how you've understood that right. experience, how you've understood what you've heard or what you've seen. So, you know, yes, you choked on it and it was awful, but now it means that money's unsafe, that you can't trust yourself to keep yourself, you know, safe and well and all of these things. So it really doesn't need to be anything huge. But it can be on the flip side too. But no, that's Absolutely. fascinating. I haven't heard literally that. I mean, but but you're right. That comes back to that's your own truth and how you remember mm. that story embeds to you as your own truth, whether that's the real truth or the truth that exactly. you just remember as being absolutely your personal truth. Yes. Yeah. And it's such a distinctive difference, right? There's your truth. There's someone else's truth. And then there's like the actual, the actual truth. <laughs> like, I think I feel personally that a, an entrepreneur is such a distinct type of person you know to to put yourself out there to run a business to be that kind of person I do think we're all we're all a certain type right we're all kind of you could put us in a room and we'd all have quite a few commonalities and I think mm -hmm. for that reason that that there are things across the board like money like trauma like you know things that have happened in our childhood that you do tend to see commonalities of threads of like the, and how it's created the type of person so people that have experience maybe um people knocking their confidence people not believing in them of like distrusting themselves and and their abilities you know maybe people didn't think that they'd be able to 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 um to get too much in in life i think that so many entrepreneurs have these these things that we all experience that really leads us to being this type of person Fascinating that you say that, because I would say the majority of folks that I've interviewed and chatted with and had conversations with on this podcast have all leaned into that entrepreneurial spirit as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a unique person, which I may be attracting because I'm that person, too, of, yeah. of, wearing, <laughs> of wearing many hats. Right. Like you're yeah. wearing many, many hats. You're going in many, many different directions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is definitely something that we've talked through on many of these podcasts as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to say that obviously you can be any kind of entrepreneur, that we are so different in so many ways. But I think that that's the thing that when you get to the core, the core of who we all are, of what really drives us, you know, the ambition, the, you know, the tenacity, the all, all of those things. Like, I think at the core that we are all so similar of, of what drives us to being an entrepreneur. Fascinating. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing. And as we kind of wrap things up, I always like to ask any tips or tricks that you have in your household, you know, with your relationship with money? Is there anything that you're open to sharing? Yeah, so I don't know if it's something that would usually be shared on here, but as, as you said that question, what came to mind, my husband and I really love to travel and we love to travel. Um, we, we don't have children, so this is like where our main income goes. And we really love... Um, to have travel that feels really good for us. Uh, and so if anyone's aware of people in the UK, my husband is from the north of England where they love to save money. They love to get a great deal on everything. And so for us, it's a case of having credit cards that 
that that that give us points that go to flights and so because of that like this is where we utilize like saving money as such that all of our business class we're we're flying first class to the Maldives like in a couple of months time like because of the point systems on the credit cards like we're we're able to to take these flights because of the money we can save the points on that so that's that's our our version of saving in our household. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I greatly appreciate it. And you're coming from Singapore. So I, again, time difference as well. So I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Jennifer. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks all of you for joining us as well, whether you're watching us or listening to us. Um, we hope that you'll join us again on the next Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Platinum Talks Wealth, please subscribe and share. For more information about Jennifer Rogers Markwell or Platinum Wealth Management, please visit www.platinumwealth.net. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Platinum Wealth Management. 